Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, DGens and DGenettes, to another episode of the Alfalfa Podcast. We are four radically moderate entrepreneurs and investors swimming in the messy gray ocean, serving up alpha in money, politics, and life. We are Nick Urbani, Eric Johansson, Stephen Cesaro, and I am Armand Asadi. All links at alfalfapod.com. Make sure to hit subscribe wherever you are listening or watching on YouTube and follow us on the socials. And most importantly, hop in our Discord to join the community for the after party and more alfalfa. Anyone want a headbutt? Just like out of curiosity. <laughs> I don't know if you know the power of the headbutt. Oh my God, we drank the whole bottle? Yes. Oh yeah. Well, wow. we did? Yeah. Wow. We yeah, are. I guess... That's a probably a good warning <laughs> for, this for this episode. Like we did just drink an entire bottle of 125 proof Elijah Craig private bottle. And there's bottle? like six open beers on the <laughs> table as well. Yeah, yeah, that too. Second of all, I so we're gonna give you business ideas on how to make money with ChatGPT. Yeah, you guys want to take you guys want to take business advice from yeah. four guys who just drank an entire yeah. bottle of Elijah Craig. So we had an episode two weeks ago that was very popular. Um, it was one of our, I would say, our most popular episodes of all time, especially on the life segment. And it was all about I don't know what you guys are laughing about, but I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> all right, keep going. And um, if I. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. And um, it was a very popular episode. It was very fun to do for us. We really enjoy these AI segments. We've done many sort of like technology, futurism, not to be confused with the art form uh, sort of episodes. And uh, we're going to keep doing them. And this one is all about specifically, to be honest, I I didn't prepare properly. I thought this was going to be... Business ideas for AI. I thought this I think was going to be like AI acceptable. business ideas, but I, I noticed in the card it said Chat GPT business ideas, it's which is very specific. Thing. Like you've been given it's a great technology. Which one now how are you way. going to? It's not the same thing. Build a business out of it. Yeah. Okay. Completely different. But let's all I wish is that you would have prepared. I mean, Eric, I. <laughs> I can't. Armand's in like 1984. Like I didn't realize this was www. I was more of an HTTP business. I don't know. I reject this conversation. No, that works for me. Uh, let's keep going. So, um, Nick, you did a you 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 might have prepared a little bit on uh, yeah. Nick Nick's, this, uh, Nick's already look, been. Using I've got some this. stuff in generative AI in general that I'm excited about talking about. I've got some stuff in general around like what does it look like for artificial intelligence, general intelligence to get to a certain level, uh, particularly the level that like exceeds human intelligence and what that would look like. I think it'll fucking, you know, it, 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 all of this is going to really blow our minds. But I'm curious, have you thought about um, continuing where you left off yeah. with some of the ways you've been using it? How have you been using it? What are you thinking about lately? Um, so actually I had a great conversation. I think it was yesterday with, uh, with chat GPT, with chat GPT. Uh, it was the conduit. Now oh, it was a friend at, of ours, right? Yeah. Friend of ours. Uh, also a uh, super fan, friend of the pod listens to, to all the episodes. Maddie boy, Maddie, what's up? Um, yeah. So we did a little, uh, video call and he did a screen share showing me how he was using it to kind of, uh, redo his business. He was literally evaluating his existing business, his existing business, had it for years, um, and it's growing, it's doing well. Um, and he is literally relooking at every problem he has in the business. And he has the mindset that if you're an entrepreneur and you are not taking kind of like a AI first approach to solving your problems, you'll literally be left in the dust within a few years, maybe, maybe a year. And so he was showing me one problem he was looking at. He has, um, 30 outsourced, um, people in other countries, handling uh, messaging with customers. What's the business? It, it's a, it's called WeCare is the, is the business. Cool. Yeah. Um, is it an e-commerce business? No, no. It, it's specific it, on the, it's around like childcare. Okay. I don't want to dive too much into his business without his permission, but yeah, it's, yeah. yeah so it's, it's service oriented. Yeah. Or? Service oriented. Okay. Um, yeah. anyway, there's, there's conversations between customers and, and, and the company and he's got 30 people doing it. And he was walking me through like, I learned Python in the last couple of weeks so that I could, wow. I could 
control this thing. And, and he walked me through his thought process and he was able to kind of categorize hundreds of thousands of conversations uh, and had chat GBT categorize them for himself. And then he refined it to categories and said, okay, these are the messages that need a response. These don't need a response. These are about these topics. And obviously you can see where he's going with this. Instead of having humans respond, he could have chat GBT respond and kind of get rid of mm. 30 humanoids with one robot program. 30. Mm. Wow. 30. Yeah. 30. 30. Yeah. And, and maybe he has ends up with like three or four managers instead of yeah. 30 people. I think that's the key. But but he had the I think the right mindset from it um, that he's literally looking at every problem and be like how do I solve it with this new tool that can do it you know where where speed is instant where intelligence is abundant where all the answers are at your fingertips and it doesn't necessarily need a human to do it and he showed me a tool that I think would be really cool for listeners to kind of get their brains going this is a, a site called Make dot com m-a-k-e dot com uh, if you're an entrepreneur you might be familiar with a company called zapier it basically helps you connect apis to other apis you can connect you know gmail with your google sheets uh with your zendesk uh, to do customer support wh- whatever it may be um but make has like thousands of these app integrations and you can and it also has a chat gpt integra- integration so it's one of the first tools with no code you can hook into gmail Google Sheets, your Facebook ads platform, your customer service platform, Zendesk. There's thousands of these apps that are pre-programmed in here. And you can point and click and say, I want it to do that. I want it to read my emails and I want it to send me a summary. So I actually created like uh, last night, I, I was trying to create like a, uh, yeah. a, a thing that would read all my emails in a day and then send me a summary of what I got emailed for that day at the no end of the day. Way. Yeah, I mean, it's still in progress, but, uh, but yeah, it can... It can do that. So it's one of the first that integrates Chat GP two, Chat GP three, too yeah. much verb. Yeah, Chat GPT three as one of the APIs that it works. Yeah. With. So you you take your API, uh, you know, your auth token, and you throw it in there, and you have to have a billing model. I think it's like, I don't know, it's like fucking two cents every seven hundred fifty characters you use. Whatever. It's a it's a weird billing model, wow. but it's it's on a per usage basis. So however much you use is what you pay for. But yes, you can you can interact these things. So wow, man. So there's little things wow. you could do. You could create a plugin, for example, that hooks into Microsoft Excel or Google Sheets, and you create a no formula Excel. So you could put data in there instead of figuring out what Excel formula you should you should type in to create whatever calculation you want. You just type human language what you want it to do. I want column B to to tell me how many times you know the values in column B show up in column A. And mm. ChatGPT will in, insert the formula for you and give you the answer. So you have a no formula Google Sheets, you know, Chrome extension, um, you know, for, for a fee, maybe you could charge, charge for it, whatever. Mm. So th- this is a good tool, I think, to get people's, um, you know, minds going on what's what's possible because they did the hard part of integrating two different apps together yeah. for you and so it allows you to kind of like think of it so i think there's two components to this there's one how do you make your own life more productive how do you um make your existing business more productive and then we could talk about like whole new businesses that that could be started from this but i'm immediately trying to think about you know remember our, our conversation with dan martell and he's got an executive assistant that essentially runs his entire life like what components could we do and use chat gpt to, to integrate so i think it can do a really good job of synthesizing email. Calendars. Well, how was the? How was that? Uh, it's good. I mean, like I, I ran into a bunch of errors. I mean, I just, I, I guess I'm not sure what the synthesis of emails looks like because email, yeah, I don't want to get caught up in that, but it's more about the detail than it is about the overview. Yeah, and that's not sometimes. The, that's not the idea. The idea is like, yeah. let's get a prototype where does it? Can it read the emails and and synthesize them? But then in the, the real answer place. is, can it just respond to your emails for you? Yeah. Like, what if it just drafts a response to every single email oh, that God. comes inside of inside your email? That's and wild. what if it furthermore, like, if it's a business email, it goes, it reads the email, it comes to your business email, it then uses your Google Drive, your uh, notion for your business as a repository to develop answers, and then it responds using that information. And it just sits it in drafts, right? And so mm-hmm. you can go through your drafts and then 
go through them, edit them, send out the emails as you may. So um, it was just a little quick prototype. So to try. I, I think the whole like how you would use it individually is interesting. And if you guys have anything on that, like, you know, please, please do. But like, I think the, you know, everyone cares most about how to make money at the end of the day, like in every arena. And particularly one of the things that was illuminated during our episode on AI was how we seem to have reached a conclusion that this is really important and that businesses will not like only be built on top of this and are, are, are sort of like required to integrate it. You said something about what Matt said, Matt Riley said that if I don't integrate this in the next like few years, I will be obsolete. I'm of the belief that like, maybe not to that degree, but mm -hmm. like if you don't integrate AI into your business and or build on top of it and or be an AI business as a whole in the next five years, you'll, you'll probably th be obsolete. I think he's directionally right. And it, it, Absolutely. it, it could be the he difference be more right. between, you know, having like a 60% gross margin business and a 50% gross margin business, which is a, is a, is a big dial to turn. Like if you yeah, I mean, operationally, you know, four times as efficient as your competitor, especially as a scrappy yeah, startup. No comparison. Yeah. Like it's just no comparison. Like, like there is no competition at that point. Like when you're talking about an into a business that is either built on top of AI or integrates it to a certain degree. And like, I think we're talking here about major corporations. Like we're talking about the companies that we look at today, like NASDAQ companies will all to some degree in a very important degree, more than we realize today, by 2030, integrate some form of AI into their daily operations more than I think we realize. And I don't know what that looks like. For Disney, it might be one version. For Microsoft, it might be another. For Meta, it might be another. But there are many components to this type of, of like generative AI as a whole. If we just even specifically looked at like generative AI, mm -hmm. whether it just be like you know, text to image or speech to text or how various entities will use that. It's just going to be fucking wild. Yeah. I mean, and if they don't, I think that, that the incumbents will die. Um, I think that the new entrance to the space will just completely like zero to one them. Yeah. Pretty I think quickly. there's, there's, if you look at a PNL, there's different places where you can use chat GPT. You can use it to be more efficient. So on the expense side, you can be a lot more efficient, get your OPEX down, you know, a lot lower than it would be. But on the revenue side, there's whole different products and different ways to consume that could drive revenue that don't exist today. So they kind of fall True. within those two categories too. Like, can True. you be more efficient, but also can you create drastically new products that didn't exist? But like, are, are these outside the scope of what you had already considered? Like you're a sharp individual. Totally. I mean, think about what we talked about with Steno. I mean, like, you know, Having listening to an entire podcast is one thing. Having it transcribed is ten times as powerful because then you can unleash that information. But you know, let's say let's use books as an example. Instead of uh, having to read uh, an entire book about, say, healthy eating, what if you just had a chatbot that you talked with about that and you had it in your pocket all the time? So you took one of David Asprey's books <clears throat> and you pumped it into ChatGPT. And instead of having reading the book, you just got a chat bot and it gave you like six or seven questions to ask the chat bot to like warm up to it. Like, hey, like, what should I eat today? Like, is is a kale actually healthy for me? And it started giving you answers and you get like trained on how to use this chat bot and all the information is there. And you just start using it in your daily life like a best buddy, like a trainer, like a dietitian yep. in your pocket. And by day seven, you rely on this thing like. And maybe you have one book from David Asprey and you add in another book and then you use like add 20 books to your chat GPT's brain that you curated yourself. And now it's providing all the answers, you know, to, to the questions you have. Maybe you connect it with my fitness pal and it just, you know, <clears throat> takes the information of what you're ingesting and gives you feedback and on it. So I don't know. I think that way of consuming information is going to change drastically i actually liken it to that scene in the matrix i think we talked about this before but like when neo's sitting in there and he's got his like brain hooked up and, and there's like a pipe into the back of his brain he's just getting fed information and he wakes up and he's like i know kung fu you know within seconds and i think it's gonna feel like that at some point yeah i yeah. feel like 
I feel like TikTok in a way is sort of like the uh, early industrial revolution of like ideas, right? Like we, we had this period of time where we could increase productivity in some crazy sense. And we sort of like instilled like the bottom rung of the social class to do manual labor and to turn their manual labor into this like output. And we got these like raw goods that we could turn into products and like use in the world and everything. And now we, we do that more so with information and, and, and TikTok is sort of like the industrial revolution of ideas in a sense, and that we've created an incentive structure where like humans wants to dive into something and digest something in a consumable format that is like palpable for people to like take in and like, Oh, I get that. And they're rewarded for that with followers, with ad dollars and everything. But in reality, what people are doing in TikTok, 80% of the time is like there is some sort of arbitrage function where they're taking dense information and they're making it more digestible. And then as a reward, they're getting followers and all this stuff. But in reality, I see like a lot of what people do on TikTok could just be AI, like to, to the extent you're doing something on TikTok where you're taking a complex idea and just editing it and making it like more compact and digestible. That's like something that this stuff does really well. And that's going to get replaced very quickly. That's what people want when they consume yeah. TikTok. They want to go to the meat and meat and bones of the information. And what I tell me exactly how to do this. I've got like nine seconds. Tell me how to do this, right? I mean, we did it last episode. You yeah. mentioned a Glenn Greenwald article about TikTok, and I wanted to have a conversation with you about it right now, but I didn't read it, so I uploaded it and got five bullet points. I was like, okay, I, I get what you just read, which is hey man, crazy. Uh, like, great example. That was uh, that was really good. Like that, I think I think that's fact. Like what what you're describing is not um, speculation. Like the, that's the it's way. It's funny because we we mentioned, I think this is kind of like a theme. If you've been a long time listener to the podcast, we've mentioned multiple times that there's so much information. It's an overload of information. How do you like, you know, how do you choose which information ah, sources so to absorb? So begin to become an aid toward the reality of information abundance where we take this like wide angle and we begin to consolidate it and make it more narrow. It's how we get back and to AI like, is yeah. our friend mm. and it just like consolidates and synthesizes and it gets us back to balance to homeostasis does it? Does it? back to par because like there's so much information and that's like, good shit. And then this thing can synthesize that supernova of so information not only does it had. does it take all of the information and the abundance of it that exists and organizes it and indexes it but it also makes it more accessible and digestible and you can just take it for what it is and say i would like to know the top five reasons andrew huberman thinks i need to wake up early and just give it to me like his lifetime of work. Just give it to me like that one thing. And you can just get right to the fucking heart of the matter. But if you wanted to, you could listen to the whole episode, the long form version of the Alfalfa podcast. So like, does it become that in many ways for you, Stephen? Like, do you think that the generative AI or AI in general moves toward that? I think that. One of the interesting things of the like last 10, 20 years, right, it's been the rise of quote unquote like influencer culture. And we've seen or this creator trans- economy, maybe is like, yeah, word, like yeah. we've seen this transition where humans want to follow people who are closer to them. They're more like them. They're like, they're like a placeholder for the stuff they want. They believe they filter that information. And, and they trust them because they like look at them in the eye and they're like, Okay, your motivations sort of align with mine and you're not going to lie to me in a, in a sense. But in a way, that's like an imperfect, it's, it's an imperfect thing. Like it would be better, like if your true goal isn't necessarily to like connect with the human, which I think is some people's goals in consuming the content. But if your true goal in engaging with an influencer is to like, what is the right information? What is the right product? I just want to know the right product and be free from bias. And the influencer 
has been a good intermediary between like the person and the product because they have a lot more at risk to like lie to their audience versus the brand. And because of that, people can trust them more. They're not going to be burned because if they burn you, they're burning everything and all the bridges are gone. And like, so we've used this as this like sort of like arbiter of truth in the middle. But in reality, like if we had a bot and we're like, what's the best skincare routine? And like just an AI was like, it's this, this, and this product. But you, you got to choose on. what the source of information was because what you're talking about is an intersection of two really big trends. Like one, the one we just mentioned where there's so much information, you just want the actionable points that you need to know, but also like a movement from trusting institutions to <coughs> individuals that you've come to learn over long form content, or maybe it's following their Instagram profile or their TikTok profile. Like that trend <coughs> is going to be a beautiful intersection with like something like chat GPT where, and I got a perfect example of this. My, my girlfriend was trying to figure out if red light therapy is good for her skin. She's seen someone else do it. She's seen it on YouTube, but she was like, uh, let, can, do you think it's good? And I was like, Oh, I, I Google searched it. And a Andrew Huberman YouTube video came up. But we had to we had to go through the whole well, also, thing like, to look why, through. No, but the most important part, why did it come up? Why is it that video that came up? Why is it not yeah, so, so many other things that came up? But what I wanted what to do we're was giving just, up control. Yeah, I wanted to ask to, Andrew to Huberman Google, what, to YouTube. So I wanted whatever. to ask Andrew Huberman like, is what is you want to ask for Andrew this Huberman. specific question? That's the key. Yeah, I don't want to like ask Google and have them decipher it. Like, no. I, I wanted to ask him like, which is the good, and do you recommend a brand? And you know, if you synthesized all his because there is an answer. And yeah. and if you put a chat, chat GPT on Alpha podcast, there is an answer for like most questions that we've discussed. Yeah. Like you could get to the point where like, yeah, they've they've mentioned that enough. Like, let's just like consolidate. Or maybe if they didn't, it just kind of like yeah, summarized sure, the themes sure. and maybe inferred. Point stuff. point to the source material at least. Yeah. Like one of the basic problems we're trying to solve is like, where's the material? I have I have to sh- I, I have to give you credit, Stephen. You helped me a lot with my deck for Steno. You were like, I was trying to put the deck together. I was like asking friends for feedback, and obviously, what we're trying to do is take all this abundance of information and like, you know, okay, we're going to utilize speech to text technology with podcasts, and we're going to utilize AI. We're going to take the things people say we're going to organize it we're going to we're going to synthesize it we're going to make it accessible it's like currently locked up in these like audio files on this podcast and it's just completely inaccessible and steven was like you're just not making the problem big enough it's like a much bigger problem it this this is an abundance of wisdom and knowledge that is locked up and lost forever unless you transcribe it unless you make it available to people, it's lost. And these are the types of business ideas that people are not thinking about. And that's, even though I'm thinking about that when it comes to Steno, sometimes it's important to make it as clear as possible of like, we're going to lose this forever. Like, like all of this information that Andrew Huberman is putting out on a podcast, whether he's interviewed or whether it's on his podcast is lost forever, unless we make it available and accessible and 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 we need to enrich it in a way. Otherwise, it's just it's just gone. I mean, I think we have to imagine. Like, okay, l- l- let's zoom way out. Like, a lot of us were marketers in a past life. And what does it mean to be a marketer? It means that you are connecting a consumer of a product with a product. Like, some product is claiming to solve a thing, and then some consumer has a need, and you are bridging that gap and that can be done ethically, unethically, it like changes a lot depending on the, the, you know, the context of the product and the consumer. Right. But in a world with like perfect information, right. Where some intermediary knows everything about the entire landscape of products that exist and understands everything about you and your problems. There's no need for marketing, right? Like this thing is just like, who are you? What are all of the things that you want, desire? What are all of your like kind of things you're scared about? And it's just like, okay, I got it. And then it scans the entire landscape of products and it's like, got it. This is your product. Like all advertising is just dead. Like all advertising is just this like bridging of trust between like people who have like a problem they need solved and then like people who are claiming to solve the problem 
And then there's a gap there. And you're like, so, how do I bridge that? So Google, gap? in essence, even though it's, it's, its purpose is to organize the information of the world, like to, to, to index all this information, its business model is to promote certain ideas that pay it to promote those ideas at the top of the search engine. And what you're saying is like, this eradicates that? Like this literally makes it obsolete where it's like, no, no marketing is necessary. The best ideas come to the top because they're the best ideas. We don't have time for marketing anymore in this world. Is that is that correct? Well, marketing is a relic in that world. And, and Google is similar to this, right? Like you use Google as an intermediary because you can't A, figure out like all of the information you should access like you don't know where that info is and then B you don't know which of that info is true. So Google both connects you with the information that you would not have otherwise seen and then it's this sort of arbiter in the middle that is like this information is is worthy of your consideration because it's probably true. So in a world where you are immediately connected with all of the information you need to know and you can immediately know whether or not all of it is true, you, you don't really need a Google. You don't need that middleman. Like the more- There's like, always a middleman though, isn't there? Well, the more AI is just able to seamlessly like intermediate information, like your desire for information and the information that you need, Yeah. the, the less you need this quote unquote middleman, right? In a world where like right. Sam Altman- So are we just releasing- reducing the bandwidth between the source material and ourselves? Yeah, but that's what we do for all stuff that we create. Like all of products in all of human innovation is like somebody creates this and then like the market just keeps figuring out how to like cut out more and more and more stuff in between and making the product more pure. And ultimately you access something that's like hyper efficient and has like minimal like kind of cost built into it, like minimal like middleman cost you're just like accessing like the true cost of the product with some very minimal like profit margin in the middle of it and like information is going to look like that in the future right and a lot of like our world in in both like researching stuff on google but also in like buying products is a great example like we are relying on these like middleman arbiters of information who tell us stuff because we don't have either the desire or time to work through that on our own. And we have a trust gap. So we outsource like the resolution of this trust gap to these third parties and they collect a margin in the middle for arbiting that trust gap. But in a world where there's just a biasless AI, that's just like, I know what you want. I know it's being sold. This is the thing. And it cost me like zero marginal input cost to tell you that then there is no advertising. There is no marketing. You just immediately access everything. It knows what you want. And then the whole landscape of marketing has changed forever. So do you think that uh, like Google slash like that world of advertising is, uh, you know, so ready, like, ready like to Google, die? Google had like, an all hands like, what do you meeting. think? Google just had an all hands meeting um, with the idea that like, is our search function going to be obsolete permanently disrupted by chat GPT? So they just had this meeting like with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Like within the last, like the town hall style. Within the last 10 days. Yeah. Okay. And I, I and, and was there a, sorry. I mean, was I wasn't, a, I wasn't privy to the meeting. I'm not <laughs> no, sure. I, I think sometimes they make these public. I was just wondering. Like, there was someone who mentioned it. that like Sundar is, is personally PMing product managing, like wow. what this should look like. Um, and what like a chat version of Google would look like. People are saying, well, um, like, like, like you mentioned, if we just serve people the answer, we're not going to be able to serve ads. But that's not Google's power is just those two or three sure. listings at the top. The power is that they get people to tell them what they're looking for. That they have intent-based data. Facebook kind of has intent-based data. Like mm. y- it knows what you like. It knows where you browse. 
but it has to infer what you it's want to buy now. Yeah. yeah. Right. And like Pinterest is kind of okay. You put these boards together. It knows you might be having Pinterest, a wedding. Pinterest is still around. Yeah. I mean, Pinterest is a great advertise. Well, it's a shitty advertising platform, but like, uh, <laughs> they're, oh they're they have it intent data, right? Like yeah. you put together a board of things you might want for your wedding and you can, you can advertise against it. Quora is another good one. You literally ask it questions and answers show up. And so that's the power of these businesses. Can you get people to tell you what they're looking for, what they want And Google, you know, at least has it for, they have it probably enough information on all of us. Now, if no one put any more information in, they could probably figure out what we still want. And, and no matter where we go offer something that's relevant to us, I think as long as they can, even if it's not on the Google brand under a different brand, a company they acquire, as long as they can get people to still search, ask them questions, tell them what they're looking for, then they'll so do be you able think to they'll, these things will the coexist. Do you think that Google will just integrate AI to a certain degree? Do you see like the Google search engine continuing to function the way that it does today where like you still require the need to index all this knowledge? Like that doesn't go away. Right. But yet the consumer, you and I, we want to reduce the friction to get to the answer. Like we're not we're often not looking like like we have different needs. Sometimes we're just looking to research, right? We're we're looking to answer the question of um you know, what 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 is the root of x y and z and we want the entire spectrum of like what is possible. But other times we just want the answer. Yeah. What is x? Why does x plus y equals z? And as a product like ChatGPT is so much more effective in that regard. Yeah, I mean, if you sucked in every credible review about every product on the internet and then told ChatGPT, I'm looking for um, a razor, but here's what I care about. And then it just kind of like synthesized that information. I think Google kind of kind of does that. Um, and, and to be clear, like Google uses AI. I mean, for sure, they, they use it mostly in their That top ads part of Google's response is basically output of their AI. Yes, yeah. yes. It's basically a short form version of their AI. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like Google has to pivot ultimately. Right. Because yeah. they are like, if you do SEO, you know that like Google on their first page, they incentivize now like different sort of categories of info. Like the first rank might be like a literal product page then the second rank will be like an article about the product page. And then there might be like a review. Like, so they kind of parse it all out. So that the entire first page isn't product pages or reviews. And they're like, how do we like give the person what they're looking for in a way where they can click around everything and ultimately get at it. But it would be better for that person if they just got one thing that synthesized all of it, obviously into one click and one like mm-hmm. output of info. Right. And Google benefits from you clicking more, like because they get to show more page impressions, they get to have more ads on. So there's like an inherent conflict there. And I'm sure they know about this and they're going to kind of build around that. But that is like the inherent Dude, but here's the right thing. Now. Like this this is a massive company, right? And eighty plus percent it's going down every single year because they know what's coming and they are smart and they're decentralizing their revenue streams. But 80 plus percent, it used to be like when I was there, it was 95. It was 95% of the revenue was from search. Search. So for people that don't, that, that, that aren't understanding, like the, the AdWords search results at the top of the page that you pay for as an advertiser that's 95, well, it was, it's 80% of Google's revenue today. What what do they do with that? Like, how do you continue to be a like company of this size without that level of your Your mentality control? and my mentality was the same because I, I immediately looked to, you went there. to their valuation yeah, and, it's and, and their metrics. Um, and like your... A former employee, so you're like you're thinking of like search, search as a pro as like a, a driver of revenue. Forty three billion dollars. Yeah, like so. 
So search is is their that's whole just game. in a quarter, by the way. Yeah, yeah, that's their whole game. So it's a great business model. It's a great quarter. business model. So they're worth they're worth one point one trillion dollars by market cap right now. Okay, th- this conversation has made me like very bullish Amazon and like bearish Google relative to Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I feel like we're one of the reasons Amazon is great is because it like gets you the product you want like immediately right yeah and that can be replicated by ai i think that can be replicated by anybody with access to data they can like source all the products in the world and be like this is the product that you need yeah top rated here's your budget and one click shopping Right. By the way. But what AI can't do right now is like physically deliver you that product in like sub 24 hours. And Dude. that is a thing that Amazon can do and Google can't. So like if you're trying to envision like a world five, 10 years from now where like this sort of data just becomes like commoditized, like what is the thing that is an actual Barrier to but entry. But you're speaking to one very specific niche of Google, which I, I, is product well, I'm searches. I'm speaking to like anything and, you buy that Google is physical so in nature. Well, let's 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 let's, let's cut it off. Let's 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 cut the business. Yeah, let's 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 no. let's segment to no, 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 everything no, 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 that Amazon does. No, there are plenty of people that 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 advertise on Google that don't need to sell you a product they're selling you a service they're selling you something like there's okay if you're sure but you would agree you that amazon is an enormous company right absolutely so let's just like Eco- cut everything to everything amazon i don't touches. disagree with your point overall yeah. i don't disagree i'm just trying to think like what is a moat for you as a business 10 right. years from yes. now like, right okay what is the moat like okay. I, I don't think in, like information <clears throat> in the google era was kind of a moat the ability to process and like sort it in an algorithm and deliver it in a way was like a moat, but in a world where AI can just like, you can talk to it and it can tell you exactly what you want. That's not a moat anymore. So what is a moat? Well, AI can't deliver you like a little tennis ball for your dog today. Like you have to have like shipping infrastructure. Maybe you have to have okay. like drones that fly. Right. So, so, so like, so Google today is $1.1 trillion market cap. Amazon eight hundred forty seven billion. So Amazon's already smaller by by like a decent percentage than Google. And, and if we're talking about like EBITDA, like Amazon uh, makes more money than Google does. So so we're talking about something very interesting, um, and that is how to develop a technology moat or a moat of any kind in a technology revolution age. What we are sitting in is definitely something akin to the Industrial Revolution. And I don't think that we've made that clear. I don't think that people yet are aware of that. So we might as well call it out on the Alfalfa podcast that I think, I don't know if you guys agree, but this is something absolutely akin to like the level of innovation that we saw during the Industrial Revolution. What does that mean? Why does it matter? Everyone's lives were changed forever. Everything was changed forever. The amount of money that was created and innovation that was proliferated in society, the level of uh, simple needs and wants and desires that were met by people changed forever. I mean, even just like a, a human being's longevity changed. The the ability to live longer, to eradicate disease, to pre- you know prevent it, to everything changed forever as a result of the industrial revolution, right? So I think we're seeing the same thing today and where, where we're arriving, like what's really happening here is a question of you, you have this uh, sort of stranglehold, this monopoly that Google has had on this for quite some time. Right. And then you have a company like OpenAI that has arrived today and is saying, I'm going to make this all available. This technology stack is going to be available to all to build on top of freely and openly open source material, open source software that you can build on top of. What does the world look like and what do businesses look like in the future if everything that we're talking about is a reality? Because it's going to be a completely different world. Yeah, I mean, I think just like you 
don't have to rack up servers anymore to start a website or a web application. You will not have to gather certain data points or code certain things that you're used to coding now to to make inferences or solve <laughs> problems or you know provide data. Like this will just exist where like what is it marginal intelligence goes to zero, you know? So that's what Sam Altman I think has something quote similar to that where you know it costs you nothing to have this like intelligence. So what do you compete on? And so I I imagine that like for aspiring entrepreneurs, it's phenomenal for existing entrepreneurs, maybe in their thirties and forties, it's like, okay, I need to shift my brain. You got to move quickly. Right. And this is one of those, um, eras that we've seen in the past where people, entrepreneurs tend to hold on too tight to the status quo and end up losing. And so to the original point that Stephen was saying, to develop a moat with this technology is very difficult. How do you do that? If you're really starting a business today built on top of this technology or you want to integrate AI into your existing business, how do you develop a moat? And and for the people that don't understand, a moat is essentially, I mean, like when I say moat, I mean like envision like a like a kingdom, right? Like envision yeah. you have this a competitive advantage. That's, yeah, that's tough yeah. to that's for anyone to, to to kind of cross. I think you have to think about training modules, right? Let's say you're you're starting off. Like me as an existing business, I might have like hundreds of thousands of chats with customers in my customer service that I could use for new business ideas. I could automate customer service. I could do all kinds of things with it. But let's say you're starting a new business and you don't have that information. You might hire people just to train the AI with the idea that you will not have these people after a certain point. And everything you do is just to feed this AI information and then it responds out versus, you know, building out people and systems um, to solve problems in your business. You just, how do I train this thing to do it correctly 99% of the time? I mean, you you guys are both in market. You both both know Neil Patel, right? Mm Mm-hmm. What you're saying reminded me of a thing. It's kind of funny. Like I, I remember hearing a, a talk Neil was giving years ago about why he was getting really into software, but actually his main business was going to be like agencies. And he was talking about using software, basically a sort of like a lead magnet for his agency business, because he sort of said like software was going to become commoditized like it was going to get to the point where like literally like we started with the internet in 96 and you had to know all this like code that you ha- how do i integrate like a payment processor how do i build a website but over time like that was just a click oh i want payments i just make a stripe account and then i click the integration button oh i want a website i make a shopify account so over time software even though it started out as this like oh my god like dark wizard of the internet thing like how do i even make this do you feel ai is similar is that what you're getting at yeah so like he was very ahead of the curve by the way i saw the same take and i thought it was very good yeah i I agreed with it yeah and by the way he built a multi-hundred million dollar agency Agency. results right like on the idea that like i'm going to use the software which i think is going to become increasingly commoditize over the year. I don't want to charge a thousand a month for my enterprise software. Cause like eventually like a robot will just write that maybe mm-hmm. if I type into it, which we're getting to now, but that was just a means to get human customers. And then the business like at its core is like something that like I've never really wanted to do. And you probably haven't wanted to do, or you probably haven't wanted to do because like running an agency to people like us sounds like, oh, shoot uh, me like in the head. I have to like yeah. talk to humans and like have relationships. And that's my barrier to entry. Like I have relationships with people, but maybe we've come full circle and now that's where we are. That's the barrier. Okay. So do you guys remember, hmm. um, there was a, there was a point in time where, uh, Mr. Beast said something to maybe Elon where he was like, I, I recommend you like build a moat around your competitive advantage. And I was oh, like, and you I, and I talked and this. I was like, fuck like that's the stupidest thing. Yeah, you hated this because I was like, sure, of course. Wait, you were a- shitting on Mr. Beast. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, essentially. Basically, I was shitting yeah. on uh, Armand's interpretation of Mr. B. <laughs> <laughs> which was like, okay. which was like, of course, build a competitive advantage, build a moat around your Oh, business, I remember this now. Yeah. Right? And, and like, I think what I'm, what I'm identifying now, which probably absolves Armand, it's like, um, it's like. Redemption arc. Like the idea that like, Building a, a competitive advantage always has been the thing. Always. Like that never changes. Of course. But what we're seeing now is that like the competitive advantage that we thought was the way is no longer the thing. Like we thought that like um, creative would never be fucking displaced. And here we are now where it's like that's the most easily displaced. Like now I think we would probably like collectively think that like the the blue it was collar, shocking wasn't it yeah it's like the blue collar we jobs. thought it would be the last thing to go right like the blue collar jobs are going to be the ones that yeah. last the same time like the yeah. plumbers the carpenters plumbers, the the and here we are the we, we, person to person salespeople well, who have all, to like we, talk we to thought all the labor all the hard shit will go first no yeah no, it was all actually wrong. it's it all, all the brainy stuff that's going first so and like, the labor will last the i longest. just i just want to go back to that point where it's like Obviously, you want to build a, a moat around yourself, like, and that was my point the whole time. It is obvious, but I think, like, I don't remember the conversation exactly, but I, I think I do. It's, it's that I, I think that Mr. Beast's advice to Elon was so good because you can always develop some sort of proprietary moat around technology or product experience or customer experience, user experience, whatever it might be. And that's where a lot of people fall short and they just focus on, I, I think where it got misinterpreted was, okay, what's working? What's working is short form video content. Oh, okay. I need to do that. If I do that, I win. And I steal that sort of attention because it's an attention game. If I steal the attention, then I win. But that doesn't lead to anything. And what Mr. Beast was ultimately saying was like, if all you do is take the next thing that WhatsApp does or Instagram does or TikTok does, you're just going to end up in the same boat that we've all been but in. But they for would so actually long. be fine if they just took what fucking TikTok does because then I would get my goddamn recipes and like they, <laughs> they would actually be in a much better position. So I, I like I, I still would fight you over that. Wait, but that, I, I think that's that's a good point. Like because in in seeking what you desire, what you desire isn't any sort of human connection you're right. like i need a result i want this result delivered to me and i want to use this information to deliver my own personal objective and right. like for that you don't care about like a human you're not like oh i want to like talk to yeah. i want to talk to armand i want to hear about how his day was i want him to hand me the recipe Why not? and then like no but like he doesn't he doesn't care like oh, he, he wants like, the he like, wants the results and it, it like the example is like the when you like Google a recipe on like the web and they tell you how their day yeah, was they're like, like they're like when I was seven my mother used to make and you're like ah skip me. thank you <laughs> like tell me how you to make like, the can't wait to get to the bottom or it's like just give me the fucking recipe <laughs> yeah. it's like no yeah you need a recipe a recipe right I here. mean Chat GPT I told it to give me ten high protein low calorie recipes and it just gave it to me in like seconds. So well, that that's amazing because if you Google it, if, if you if you instead of Chat GPT, if you Google it, they'll give you all these bloggers. Do you know how stupid the, the answer would be from Google? Dude, the bloggers the will way, tell you how their day was. How I their feel week like was, I have like, committed blasphemy by saying what I just said. Do you know how stupid the answer would be from Google when Google, as I said in previous episodes, was, was you, Used to work as God. Is your well, pension no, canceled? I'm not even talking about that part. Like our parents, I said this before, like when Google first came out, I remember my dad, I always remember like he was like, this is like God. Like this is ridiculous. Like the fact that this exists is impossible. And the fact that we are complaining about needing to sort through data, look at it along the trajectory of evolution of technology now I can ask the question and I get my 10. I get my 10. I might want to fine tune my 10. I might respond by saying like, no, 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 Give me 10. Um, Beef only recipes. Yes, exactly. Yes. I can fine tune it to say like, 
like make it more niche, make it more specific, make it more accurate for me, make it more personalized for me. This like age of personalization that we used to talk about, that's obsolete too. It's like instantaneous now. Everything is is personalized. Okay, but what Nick All you got to do is like describe yourself accurately and get whatever you want. So hold on. Can we talk about business ideas? Like, no, no. No, this that's episode's episode. over. That's next episode. We, <laughs> that, that ship has sailed. Uh, we obviously are doing that. We are not titling this. That and way. that's fine. We had a great convo. <laughs> yeah. But what Nick is doing right now and Googling stuff, like we already years ago he's made not a Googling. decision. We were like, he's not Googling his chat. He's GPT. He are, are you GPTing? Yes. Oh, all right. So that's why would I use Google? Hold on. You oh. stopped Googling? Yeah. No, no one Googles. What are you, a fucking pleb? Why, why, okay, why so, would you? So I've started doing this as well. Like I was like, even for this episode, like, okay, this is funny. So this episode was supposed to be about chat GBT business ideas. And I was initially like, oh, let me like look on the, and then I was like, what am I doing? And I went to chat GBT and I was like, what are some interesting business ideas using chat GBT? And it gave me some stuff and I was like, oh, those are cool. And then like, I just kept going down the rabbit hole. Like, and eventually I was like, could you give me 10 business ideas for chat GBT that are Google Chrome browser extensions that use affiliate marketing as a monetization method? And it was like, Sure. Certainly. <laughs> Certainly. And it just kept spitting stuff out. And I was like, and like three of them were like pretty good. And I was like, oh my God. And, like, and I had to rewire my whole way I gather information because I gather information by like, like okay, I would, let me I would see be what willing Google. to venture. Let me see what's happening on social. I would be willing to venture that the information you accessed at the end of that search was not possible for you previously unless someone so, had specifically written it out before. exactly what i am trying to say is that what chad gpt ultimately is capable of is providing information outside the paradigm of what you ever even knew existed can you help me with this can you help me with mechanics though are we clear on that like this is fucking <laughs> crazy i'm asking like, how i'm crazy. asking how because how, how? what how? is it crawling to know that that could that that's possible. All, it's humanity. Everything. Humanity. What like is it actually publish- crawling that Google's not crawling? No, it's not about what Google's not crawling. It's about what we create. We humanity. We had Web one point It's interpreting. We published material. Google crawls and gives you it as it's written and says, "Hey, you parse this." GBT is like. I'm parsing it and giving it to you in like five bullet points. What do you want? Four bullet points on We're this? working sure. toward Here's general, artificial general intelligence, right? These are all components of that. So what we're doing is we're saying like, here's Web 1.0. We created systems that allow us to publish material, blogs, articles, videos, whatever it might be. It's all this information that's been published since the internet was available to us ever. And then Web 2.0 came about and it was like, okay, you can engage and socialize and go to the next level with all of this. And we know what Web 2.0 was. And obviously, we know what Web 3.0 was, which is not a component of this. But the fact that all of mostly Web 1 is integrated into this. And by the way, Web 1 is one of those things that we don't move away from, right? We continue to apply knowledge to Web 1. Web 1 is like the equivalent of like, you have a podcast, I'm going to transcribe it. That's, that's in, in a sense, even though I'm utilizing AI to do that, that's web one type information. Yeah. It's, it's original material that I'm going to put into the internet. It's original. It's like a book. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to put the book out on the internet. And what that is, is like we're adding it to the catalog of the library of humanity. We have a library and we're taking that library and we're learning how to like synthesize it and consolidate it. And it's fucking mind blowing. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it also has to do with uh, tra- training models, mo- uh, modules. So, like, it's it's actually, um, you know, people are inputting actual real responses at, to, to train it. And then it's essentially trying to predict what's the next letter or what's the next so word. So, hold on, because it says it doesn't uh, take in any new data from 20, past 2021. Past 2021, but, like... Is it because like now we're training? I'm, I'm it sure on, the next update will because we're like training on new well, data, sure. new inputs now. It's current iteration doesn't, but yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, d- did you guys ever watch SNL in the early '90s when they had like unfrozen caveman lawyer? That's the only time anyone watched <laughs> SNL <laughs> back before, but it was still funny. When it was funny, and they had like the unfrozen caveman guy. And I just watched like, Rush Hour, by the way. Yes, so Jackie Chan. cancelable. 
Jackie Chan. Oh my god! Wow, are you trying to like, dude? Chris Tucker up the life pulls episode? over. Yeah, I am. Sorry, but like, it was my. I lost track out. of my point. I was making oh, with Let him go, lawyer. baby. Right well, I don't know. I don't even remember why I brought up Unfrozen <laughs> Caveman Lawyer. There you go. Anymore. Keep going. Keep going. I don't know. Well, I think I was. I think the point I was trying to make was that like the sort of like paradigm we live in, where we like okay. So if unfrozen caveman lawyer came to the present and like he lived in a time where he's like, you want to eat? He's like, what do you have to do to eat? Well, he's like, oh, my friend Grog goes out and he fucking stabs a boar in the face with a, a spear and then drags him home and skin. And then like we have food. Like if he was here and you just door dashed McDonald's. Right. And you're like, here you go. And he's like, this is the this is what Grog stabbed in the face. And it's just this delicious hamburger and a little cardboard thing you're like yes that's information in the future it's like you're not going to go out and hunt information you're not going to go out and scavenge for it and like dissect it it's just going to be like presented to you in a little digestible box and a tasty bun you eat it like that's great you're going to go on with your life you're not going to hunt that information you're not gonna have to go out and sharpen your spit all this stuff is like like the, the way we look for information right now and try to parse everything and assess truth that's like our ancient, ancient ancestors and how they used to fucking like hunt meat. And in the same way, that's like totally dissociated from our present day where we just eat stuff. That's our future ancestors. They just like consume it. What is the information? And they just like eat it. They consume it and that's it. And they don't think about it. And that that's it. And they move on with their lives and all the rest of their mental space is free. And all this stuff we think about, we're like, we're hunting. We're hunting, we're scavenging, we're in the weeds. We're like, is that a reliable source? I don't, it, that's all gone in the future. It's it, poof. What will a human be yeah. if we lose the pursuit of knowledge? More this creative. Is, this is very well I said think. by you. And it's, uh, worry about it's that. the reason why you're wrong on your whole point that like, <laughs> Den- if we all are at Denmark level in a hundred years, that everyone will be happy. This is this is the point. Okay. <laughs> By the way, I had a friend who will remain nameless. Listen to that podcast, and he texted me and was like, "Why do all of your friends think that in a world of abundance, people are still going to be greedy? That's such a ridiculous." You have friends take. listen to your podcast and agree with you to disagree with us. Yes. You have That's friends. Remarkable. Yes, <laughs> that's remarkable. Yes, it's incredible. You found some friends to back you up. I so, love that. <laughs> I would love to have this scarcity debate sometime. I think I will win I, I the debate. I think I said something important. I don't though. want to derail this conversation. No, I think though. I said something important. He did it. We, we can he wrap on. It. I could easily go another let's, hour let's on, get, let's, on just this. Let's but go like, back. What's your if point? If we really give up the dopamine. Okay. Are you trying to do a segue? No. <laughs> just saying. We're doing a dopamine detox as if it's like. It like a segue. No, it's not a segue. <laughs> It's not a segue. See, my segues are so good, you won't know they're coming. Yours are really? very, yeah, very abrupt, Stephen. So, but it's okay. It's cute. It's a shtick. So let's just say I've got. Now I'm on Segway Alley over here. Let's just say you lose the desire to learn completely. What do you become? What are you? No, you still have the desire. Just. Package to you more efficiently. Maybe. Why would you have a desire if you can just push a button? There's no desire. I mean, we push, push buttons button. now, though. Like, I mean, you know, That's like true. we click YouTube and then we learn that. Like, these are all buttons. But you don't need to, to necessarily learn. retain it. Like we said before, you still I think have we're to- not fully digesting like the vision of the world that Stephen was alluding to. We're talking about a reality where the not only are you pushing the button. But you're getting the information instantaneously. Well, that's his, from moment of push to receive is instantaneous. That's his. That's his out. Like, I mean, because uh, no, it's that's bullshit. No, <laughs> no, no, it's, no. But what if? What if back to Nick's analogy, which I've used before to describe like the future of Steno? It's like, what if you're literally sitting and you're like, "Teach me kung fu," and it happens, and you come back and you're like, "I know kung fu." Wait, is this the Matrix? Yes. yes. The Matrix. Like, what if you could just push a button <laughs> right. and be like, I know Kung Fu. That's right. so and you Steno said it in that deep, is dark, beautiful Keanu Matrix. Reeves voice. Yeah. Like, what would... <laughs> That'd be great. What would you become? <laughs> to, to Stephen and his uh, imaginary friend's voice, uh, like, <laughs> infinite abundance in that world, of course, like, 
that's fine. <laughs> but but in a world where it's infinite, where abundance is not actually infinite, mm-hmm. the, then that doesn't exist. <laughs> this is so good. We need yeah. to have many episodes about this. All right, I'm just gonna let that slide. Yeah, I'm just gonna let it slide. Most importantly, imaginary. Friend. Let it slide. <laughs> <laughs> Most of us gave them up, but um, you know, some, <laughs> I feel really good about this. Yeah, I got new ChatGPT. Imagine. I feel friends. really good. Just there were no business ideas. Everybody, and <laughs> that's okay. Well, that's cool. We can do a part two. We can always uh, change the title actual, of this episode. What do we even? Do? What is the title? <laughs> well, it will not be ChatGPT business ideas. I can tell you that much. <laughs> We might so have to do know, that one that first was, before wait, the bottle. How did we get so derailed? That's okay. What even happened? We had a great time. Talk about. No, I had a great time. But I actually was, don't know how to title this episode. I, <laughs> like, what would you even say? Just, we should call it. It, is, it is really its, it's own not segment, though. Not we'll just have GBT Steno translate it, and then we'll give. I know. Google dead. This in yeah, I think it was is Google dead. It is. It is a lot of that. Like new world kind of shit sure that's pretty clickbaity well we have to end the episode before we can start titling it so okay go for it oh well this has been fun (laughs) is google dead (laughs) yes yes uh i don't know get in the discord let's chat about it more the first time we did an episode on this it was pretty popular um and maybe let us know what angles you want us to focus in on because this can go several different ways and we can talk about it philosophically about how life's going to change and whatnot. But I do eventually want to kind of hone in on the money-making portions of this more. Is Steven making up friends? (laughs) That's what I really want to dig in. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. I have allies. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. That was great. (laughs) Bye.